It is always so inspiring to hear of people that don't feel shackled by their present day situation. In the moment, it is always hard to recognize an opportunity when you are presented with a challenge. However, once you are out of that situation and into your new reality, you are always then able to see things for what they were. I experienced this when I made the choice to be home with my family. In that present moment, it was difficult to see any other reality but the one I was in. Now looking back, my options were right in front of me. I just had to make the choice and the change. Hey mamas, I'm Lauren and this is Live Your Warrior Mama Life, a show about parenting tips and tricks with a touch of inspiration. This is episode six of Live Your Warrior Mama Life. Welcome to the Warrior Mama series. Today we will be talking to Stephanie and hearing about her exciting journey as a zookeeper and now stay-at-home mom. This next Warrior Mama has not stopped making changes to prioritize her family and their overall best interest. Please meet this vegan mom, Stephanie, a zookeeper of 12 years turned stay-at-home mom turned entrepreneur. Hi, Stephanie. It is so great to have you on our podcast. I'm so glad that, you know, we got to make this work. I know we're in different time zones and so far away, but I know I'm so excited to, to have you part of our show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I was able to come on here as well. Awesome. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know I just mentioned you're from Texas, but where about and tell us about your children as well. Yeah, so I'm living in the Houston area, just in a little suburb right outside the city. And so I grew up in a military family, so we bounced around quite a bit. But I'd consider Virginia to be uh, my home. And um, I currently have one son, and he's about two and a half. So I keep forgetting that he's already two and a half because he just seems like... He was born not that long ago. Oh my God. That's awesome. I have love your story for so many different reasons, but I think the thing that stood out to me was, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you worked, um, for, for zoo. I think that's just so just different and exciting. And I think so many people like live just such, you know, cookie cutter careers and jobs. And I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got into zookeeping, how long you did it, and then I guess your decision to, you know, um, make a switch and leave. Yeah. Um, So basically, when I was eight years old, I decided I was going to be a cheetah conservationist. Uh, And, (laughs) you know, and, and whereas most kids kind of grow up out of that, that never really (laughs) happened. So I love that. (laughs) I went to college for biology. And I did internships in the zoo field to get my feet wet. And um, with carnivores, they don't just let you jump in right out of college working with these dangerous animals. So Mm -hmm. I worked uh, at the Virginia Aquarium uh, with birds for a few Mm -hmm. years. And then I moved up to uh, Chicago and Mm -hmm. worked at the Brickfield Zoo for a few years. And I did some more internships at other 
zoos up there, uh, just gaining experience uh, in mm-hmm. with carnivores to kind of prove myself for my resume. And then mm-hmm. when my husband finally got out of the Navy, we moved down to Houston. Uh, and one of the requirements for anywhere we went was, okay, this is kind of where we're going to be for a while. And so it has to work for me as well, because I've kind of just mm-hmm. followed him around uh, wherever the Navy kind of sent him. Uh, so one of the big perks about living in Houston was that their zoo was one of the few zoos in the United States that has cheetahs. And uh, not only cheetahs, but they do a cheetah ambassador program, which is a little different and only a handful of zoos in the U.S. do that. And it's where they actually have hand reared the cubs and they've put in thousands of hours of training and relationship building with them and they can take them off site to let them run after a lure, uh, a motorized lure and Mm -hmm. exercise and they can take them to special events and things like that. So that was one of the big draws for doing that. And so when we moved to Houston, um, the carnivore department didn't really have much turnover so I got a job, basically I was looking for any job at the zoo, mm-hmm. and I got a job working kind of at a, a children's zoo type uh, place, and they had a little bit of everything, but they were more small mammals. So they had otters and small primates and uh, even mole rats, and so just all these really interesting uh, small animals, but mm-hmm one thing that was really helpful was that they were a, uh, a presentation style uh, zookeeper. So we had all the handling animals. So I'd be taking out um, a great horned owl uh, to talk to the public about them and things like that. So that really kind of gave me an advantage uh, for public speaking. And then when a, opening came with the carnivore department, I was able to get that and um, stayed there for about five years in the carnivore department. That's awesome. So what did it feel like to finally, you know, accomplish that like dream of yours? Uh, It was really kind of overwhelming. But as I look back, I realized it was a 10 year journey. So um, it was, I was kind of proud of myself for sticking with it for that long, just because yeah. I had a lot of setbacks and, um, usually in the zoo field to move up, you have to be willing to move around the country, which I was doing, but I wasn't doing it for job opportunities. I was kind of doing it, um, due to my husband's job moving. So, um, yeah. I was moving to a location where I didn't even know if they had any jobs opening. And so I'd kind of just have to wait and hope to get my foot in the door. So there was just a lot more kind of uh, setbacks in that sense. So uh, I definitely felt very victorious once I finally got that job. I mean, that's amazing. And like, I feel like that's such a, you know, niche, like um, area of expertise, but there's probably also a lot of competition too, right? Because you know, it's such an amazing job. You're working with animals. Um, you're learning so much and you're educating people. So for you to, I feel like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like 10 years is, isn't really that long to accomplish like a dream that you had when you were a little girl. Like that's pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. 
But yeah, yeah um, cool. they estimated that per job of uh, per every job opening, they get close to 500 applicants wow. almost immediately. So it is something that, you know, everyone, a lot of people want to do. So there it is pretty competitive. At what point um, of this, you know, of your of your career, um, did you want to start a family and tell us about, you know, your decision to, um, to leave? Yeah. Um, so basically after I got the job, I worked that for a few years and I always had kind of like this, this deadline for myself that mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to, my husband and I, we needed to decide whether when we were going to have a child um, around the time I was 30. So by the time I was in the carnivore department, that was coming up. And so we decided to have a kid. And at that point, I had already made senior zookeeper, which is as high as you can go as a zookeeper. Um, the next level up was going to be like manager or supervisor. And then after that's curator, but you know, you're going from lots of zookeeper positions to one or two manager positions. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like those open up very often. And also that kind of yeah. takes you further away from doing stuff with the animals. It's very, a lot more administrative and dealing with uh, the people aspect of it. And so it wasn't Got really it. something that I was too interested in. Um, and I always said that by the time I was 40, I'd really rather not still be a zookeeper. Um, I'd like to be more on the conservation side of it. Um, so and just because being a zookeeper is so physically demanding, you're working outside in hurricanes and uh, all yeah. sorts of weather, uh, the extreme Texas heat, you're outside doing that. And it's just a lot of like backbreaking work. So after doing yeah. that for years and years and years, you realize, okay, this is great, but it's kind of a young person's game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. uh, after I became pregnant, um, we had discussed a lot of things and I went on maternity leave with the thought that I was going to come back. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened was there ended up being kind of a little bit of a snafu with my maternity leave um, due to new, just a new company policy. So I wasn't able to have as long of a maternity leave as I had expected. And so I was going to have mm -hmm. to go back to work full time uh, when my son was only th three months old. Um, yeah. and it was just kind of difficult to do that because I was, um, exclusively breastfeeding as well. Mm -hmm. And so the logistics of pumping as a zookeeper, yep. it just, it just <laughs> really wasn't feasible <laughs> because yeah. you're, you know, in the middle of a, a bear grotto with no <laughs> air conditioning and you might have like a, a plug, but you know, there's, there's it's really not feasible to do that. Sure. Um, totally. So, yeah. And so, um, even when I, if I went back after we looked at daycares, uh, my entire paycheck would have been going to paying for the daycare. So it was just one of those things where, you know, my maternity leave was getting cut short. 
I essentially wouldn't be making any money and mm-hmm. um, I'd be missing out on my son growing up because as a zookeeper, you work weekends, you work holidays, you work special events. And so I just saw how some of my coworkers who had kids dealt with it. And it just seemed very hard to have like a balanced family life because, you know, you, you can try to request uh, to go see your kid's soccer game or sporting event or whatnot, but if they need you, they're not going to let you. So it's just one of those things where you end up giving up a lot of that family time. So that's kind of how we made that choice to, for me to not, Uh, go back. I just felt like I was at my maximum potential in that job. And I had accomplished Mm -hmm. everything that I had wanted to accomplish. And going back was just giving me a lot of anxiety. And we had made sure that we, we set up our finances. So that way, if I did decide to stay at home, um, I'd only need to make up a little bit of uh, the money in our budget. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we went with that choice you know, how did you feel when you were making that decision? Was it just immediately like I, you know, when you took a look at the, you know, your situation and your circumstances, it was, this is definitely what I want to do. Or did you have to like, you know, muddle back and forth between what was right for you? Uh, At first I muddled back and forth. And then eventually I was just like, you know what, like zookeeping was a great adventure and I loved it but this is the start of a new adventure for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to be five years down the road. And then I was at my, my 40 year old age cutoff for me mm-hmm. <laughs> that I yeah. don't want to be a Ziggy bear. And I would have missed out on a lot of my son's like milestones um, yeah. or even not yeah. seeing him certain days. So uh, once that decision was made, I kind of had to, uh, come to terms with, you know, my entire life since I was eight years old was focused on becoming a zookeeper. And I never thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. And then it just, after he was born, it just seemed so right. And I couldn't imagine going back. Yeah. I, I mean, that is just, is so inspiring to me because not only, I mean, first of all, you accomplish that goal, you know, it's not like you were almost there, even if you were almost there and then decided to, you know, stay with your, be with your son, I would still say that's absolutely inspiring, but you actually did it. You accomplished your dreams. And now it's almost like you're living that new dream or a new dream that you just realized that you had once that you, you had your son. Yes. <laughs> when you decided to stay home, how long were you just, um, you know, staying home with your son and taking care of him? Um, and then when eventually did you start uh, your own uh, businesses on the side? And what was the inspiration behind that? Yeah, so um, the first three months after my son was born were kind of a blur. I was extremely sleep deprived. We were trying to cloth diaper and I felt like (laughs) every day I was doing hundreds of diapers and I didn't know what was happening most of the time and and I couldn't even eat a meal. So the first three months were focused on, you know, keeping him alive and my sanity. Um, (laughs) But then after that, things kind of settled down very slightly uh, as far as his sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. And, And I was 
you know, I was always very active, even at my, my zookeeping job, I was never satisfied just doing what was expected of me. I was always like looking for projects that I could take on and things like that. So I always had a very active and what can I be doing better mm -hmm. type of uh, mindset. Mm -hmm. And so um, I always liked the idea of being a writer, mm -hmm. but I didn't really like the execution of it. The thought of sitting down and trying to write a book and then have people tear it apart and say it's no good. That just, you know, didn't seem like a good idea for me. Yeah. Um, and then I started looking more into blogging because, you know, blog posts are short, short much shorter little snippets. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of jump topics a lot. And so I started reading into like, what is blogging? And how can you actually do this? Is it just, you know, people in their basements writing about <laughs> their life? Or like, what is it exactly? So as I kind of delved down that rabbit hole, um, I started following bloggers that were treating it more like a business rather than a diary. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, wow, this really can become a business. And uh, this is a viable option, because it's not something that, you know, you have to go and do at a specific time, you can just kind of pick it up and drop it when you need to. And so I started, you know, once I figured out I wanted to do this, I started looking into it more around month four. And once I did start it, it was very sporadic um, for about four or five months, just because I couldn't ever find chunks of time to write. But over time, you know, those little like a blog post here, a blog post there, they do add up. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, it's definitely, um, a, a business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as I, I grew, I kind of, you know, would go back and tweak things, but um, it became a lot more viable option. And then also during this time frame, about when my son was six months old, we, I, I think I mentioned, uh, we had a gap in our budget if I was going to stay at home. And so I had to figure out a way to make that up. And blogging is more of a long-term sure. uh, solution. But it, for an immediate solution, I ended up picking up uh, dog walking. Mm -hmm. So I was a rover dog sitter or a, and a dog walker. Yeah. And I didn't really have any problems finding clients because I played up my experience as a zookeeper. Yeah. And so I actually had a lot of interest in in people having me walk their dogs midday. Mm -hmm. And I made sure that, you know, the dog's temperament was suitable for me to bring my kid in a stroller. <laughs> and so that's what I did. What an awesome idea. Um, up until recently, too, to just kind of pick up that extra. Um, but so I made I ended up making I think it was around $500 a month uh, minimum for to cover like the differences and bills and that's spending that we needed to be carried so that was kind of like the immediate plan mm -hmm. as soon as I stayed home yeah and then blogging was the more long-term goal that's all that's amazing so uh, what a like easy but just genius idea you know what I mean for with the dog walking yeah that's just awesome 
And then with, with a blog, how long have you been blogging for? And, um, you know, how long did it take you to, um, you know, feel like this was a sustainable business for you? Yeah, I've been blogging for about two years now. Mm -hmm. And really, it was when I hit 30 blog posts was when I kind of saw the fruits of all the effort Mm -hmm. start picking up. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because with like Google SEO, Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a little while for it to age and all that. Sure. Okay. And how long did it take you to get to 30 blog posts? Ooh, that took me, it was around, I want to say it was around seven or eight months Mm -hmm. to get there. Okay. Got it. I I tried to do one a week, but you know, there were some times where it was every other week or, you know, I just get on a spree of writing two or three at once. So it was kind of sporadic, but got it. And then um, for, uh, you know, keyword, are you doing all the keyword targeting piece? And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the keyword research, oh, that was another thing was learning how to, it's like, <laughs> no. honestly, it's like learning another language. It is. Because uh, I was never tech savvy. Um, and so, you know, as soon as I heard a term, I'd have to Google, Google it. it. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what keyword research is or domain mm-hmm. authority so that took a lot of time to understand just the the bare minimum lingo and then to actually understand how to do it all, how to implement it all. Mm-hmm. And then because um, I do Pinterest as well mm-hmm. for the blog. So you have to learn how to become a graphic designer to oh make God, the pins. Yeah. You know, you have to become a like a, a someone that can build a website yeah. <laughs> and a writer and a graphic designer and a tech support person all in one. So it's a lot of stuff to learn. <laughs> so did you teach yourself everything or did you, um, you know, hire a consultant or take uh, classes? Like how did you get all the knowledge that you needed to make such a, a big shift in, I guess, like what your expertise was? Yeah, I ended up trying to do as much self-teaching as I could initially, just because I wasn't earning anything and I didn't want to sink a ton of money into it. Mm -hmm. But then um, once I saw that it could actually be a viable thing, I started uh, getting some classes Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I joined a few Facebook blogging groups to just kind of ask questions. And while you're in there, you get a sense of who's knowledgeable and who isn't and, you know, who you feel like you can trust. And so I would go with those people's courses Mm -hmm. and um, just learn the extra stuff. Well, I mean, I feel like almost everything's probably available on the internet for free. Uh, You have to wade through a lot of uh, inaccurate information and stuff that may be outdated. And if you aren't already knowledgeable on that subject, you may be taking in and implementing stuff that's two years out of date and doesn't work anymore. So just, you know, if you, if I felt like it would be a better investment to just learn it properly and save some time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good piece of advice. Um, And thank you for me too. Right. Because uh, I love what you do. I love what you write about as well. So, um, you know, it's definitely good to hear from, you know, other successful bloggers. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess like looking back, right. Um, I guess it's been what maybe be a little over two years now since you left the zoo, you know, looking back, do you miss that time? Or, um, when you look at your reality that you're in now, does it feel like, okay, like this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So I look back occasionally like if I see if I pass by the zoo or you know if I see an advertisement for it and I think of the time fondly but there's it's weird it there's absolutely no desire to go back <laughs> at all um That's just amazing. because I feel like I've just grown in so many other ways that I don't really fit into that world anymore mm -hmm. so it, it's it's kind of a strange feeling just because you're my life was focused on that for so long and now it's completely opposite uh, and so I still talk to a lot of the people that I work with but just you know sometimes there's just zoo drama and yeah. I just can't relate anymore whereas before I'd be like oh man you know just commiserating with them and now I'm just like I yeah I'm busy over here doing this yeah. thing yeah so I uh, yeah I just feel like I am where I should be and I'm really grateful that I even had the ability to stay at home just because uh a lot of people don't and I know a lot of my coworkers. they would have probably loved to stay at home but they just they weren't able to yeah yep absolutely I, I, um, I love that. It's like, you know, you're able to appreciate and recognize, you know, all that you've done and all that you accomplished and that, you know, whatever path or journey you went through, you know, you're, you're where you're supposed to be now. Um, and I think yes. that's such an amazing thing to like look at and, you know, it's just so fortunate to be able to say, um, you know, what do you think was, um, you know, the biggest thing that you and your husband did, um, that allowed you to, you know, stay at home and make this, make this decision. Yeah. Uh, well, I am a planner. Mm -hmm. So after we got married, I told my husband, you know, I'm a zookeeper and I'm not going to have any kids or anything till I become a cheetah keeper. And <laughs> hopefully that's before age 30. Um, so we kind of were on the same page as far as like, you know, uh, when we want to have kids, uh, we kind of plan that time frame out. Uh, so it gave me a lot of time to do my career, him to do his career. And then also, since it was a discussion for us, we also planned on contingencies. Like, what if you want to stay at home? What would that? Ha what would we have to do for that? And so it wasn't like a last minute thing that was sprung upon us. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we did was we looked at our finances um, a few years back and we decided that we really wanted to try to get rid of as much debt as we could. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost a two year process um, of us, you know, going through a debt snowball, paying off our debt and all that. Cause before we were kind of very wasteful with our money. Cause we were just, you know, dual income, no kids living in an apartment in the city mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, 
we were tired when we got home. Okay, let's order takeout. Let's yep. go meet so-and-so at a restaurant. Let's go do this. Let's go have a fancy vacation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we didn't have a ton of debt, but we also didn't have a ton of savings because we just were like, we deserve this. Let's get this on a payment and we need new furniture. Let's get this on a payment. Yep. So that was something that we really looked at and we had to decide what our goals were with that like what was more important for us being able to spend frivolously or plan for a kid and I think because we waited for so long to have a kid we've been married for 13 years and we had a kid uh when we we're in like our 10th year of marriage mm -hmm. so we had 10 years of doing whatever yeah um but yeah we really buckled down and focused on that and uh, saved up a down payment for our house and moved to our house. And then the next year decided to have our child. So uh, getting rid of debt aside from our mortgage was definitely essential because there was no way we'd be able to afford for me to stay at home yeah. if we had any other payments sure. just because it'd be too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said you're a planner. I mean that the, you know, not only did you know what you wanted to do when you were a kid, but you know, you had, you had more than a 10 year plan. So I think a lot of other, um, you know, families could definitely, you know, use some of that planning advice as well, just to kind of get their situation in order. So that's, that's awesome that you did that. One other big question I have for you too is, you know, other, you know, there, I'm sure there are other women and mothers that um, would love to start their own business or start their own gig. How, like, how did you just like dive into it? Right. How did you just start? Um, how did you just start your blog and what other, what advice would you give to other women? Yeah. Um, well, the biggest thing for me with starting my businesses is that I didn't want anything that would take a huge money commitment mm -hmm. just because I was uncertain of how things would go, especially because my main job was being a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't commit to something really expensive that would require a lot of time. So I think that's one thing that people need to be uh, kind of like realistic with what they think they can handle um, as far as, like adventures to take on. So that's one thing I really love about the internet is because you can do pretty much everything online mm -hmm. and most of it doesn't cost much. Uh, when I started my blog, I got the cheapest hosting available. Um, it's like $4.95 a month. Mm -hmm. And then like a, a domain name for a year is like less than $10. Mm -hmm. And that all you need to start yeah. <laughs> you can just write articles and you know learn about affiliate marketing and just all these other things to earn income from that yep. and so um i think if if moms want to look to start their own business it, it's really take a look at like what skills you already have because mm -hmm. um, i think the things that you already are passionate about whether it be like a hobby or um a skill set from work that you might have given up um those a lot of times translate to the online field especially you know if you worked in email marketing for a corporation well you could be a virtual assistant for a company 
uh, and do email marketing as an independent contractor mm-hmm. and work on your own hours. So just things like that, just kind of figure out what you're really good at or what you have an interest in and try to make it work for you online or in a flexible type schedule. Tell us a little bit about um, your your blog. Like what's the name? What do you focus on? Um, and then I want to dive into a little bit more of like your specialty as well. Yeah. So my blog is Mommy Soros. And it is a, a vegan parenting lifestyle type blog. So um, basically, I had been I've been a vegetarian for about 20 years, mm-hmm. I converted in sixth grade. <laughs> and, and then I'm not I'd, surprised oh, at I'd, all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not surprising. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I had been a, a vegetarian for so long. Uh, I had eaten, I ate mostly vegan, but I was like a cheese addict. And I was like, I can never give up cheese. It's my addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't really want to give up cheese. Um, and so then as soon as I became pregnant, though, I got a dairy aversion. The thought of dairy, the thought of cheese would make my morning sickness go in overdrive. Uh, so I was like, okay, now's the good time to become vegan. Wow. Um, and so I, I did that. Yeah. And so I've been vegan for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, I wanted to kind of share my family's journey into that because I think a lot of people are interested in a plant-based diet. Maybe they don't necessarily like the word vegan. And I kind of use it interchangeably um, just because I'm not really taught. It's a lot of times when you're talking to someone, they may not know what plant-based is, but if you say vegan, they're like, Oh, no animal products. Um, And so a lot of people don't like the word vegan because of the, um, you know, the more political side of that. But um, people are interested in uh, what going plant based. And a lot of that is more for health and not necessarily for uh, right animal rights and all that. Um, And so I've noticed a lot more people wanting to convert their family to the plant based diet. And then they're not really certain about what they can do because they have kids. Yeah. And my son is um, completely vegan and we work closely with his doctor just to make sure he's not missing any uh, minerals or vitamins or nutrients. Um, But yeah, so that was something I was really interested in writing about and kind of sharing about because I had been a vegetarian for so long. um, I probably have heard every single question someone could ever ask (laughs) like a vegetarian. Um, and so I knew there were questions people were having. Sure. Um, and so I just wanted to be a, a resource for people to find answers to that. And um, honestly, when you Google like raising a plant-based or vegan child, mm-hmm. you don't really get any information on that. There isn't really a lot out there. There's like a, a few articles here and there, mm-hmm. but it is becoming a lot more uh, popular and searched for. So I think it's info people are interested in. What's the biggest health benefit that um, folks um, can see if they make that switch as well? Yeah. So um, with it, I feel like I have a lot more energy and my husband, he made the switch 
with me during my pregnancy for some solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, Good man. And he, Good was man. Kind of, <laughs> you know, he thought it was just going to be, you know, for my pregnancy. And afterwards, he'd go back to eating. He wasn't even a vegetarian. He was a full on omnivore eating steaks and everything. Yeah. Um, so he thought, you know, oh, once her pregnancy's over, we'll just go back to how we were. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ended up loving how he felt. Um, he does uh, like 5k runs and stuff like that, just kind of for fun and for a little competition. And he just, you know, he's making personal bests and things like that. He just feels less sluggish. And Mm -hmm. I found that too, like when I gave up dairy, finally, Mm -hmm. I just felt less sluggish, uh, especially after meals too. So, um, I just feel like I have more energy. Um, and I don't really feel as like, heavy I guess would be the word and um another benefit is my skin looks better too interesting um yeah so I don't know if it was just you know because dairy some people have reactions to dairy maybe I was slightly lactose intolerant and didn't know it I don't know but yeah so we just we both just feel a lot better yeah yeah well that's awesome thank you for sharing I have to do some more research on your site to see what are the things I can find there I know you question for you before we get into how people can find you. Um, you know, I know like motherhood is, um, a crazy journey and like every day, right. We're, we're learning something new and seeing something new about our kids. What, what is your favorite thing about, um, about motherhood? Um, well, I love that every day is like a brand new day for my, (laughs) with my son, you know, just their, their development goes so fast sometimes Mm -hmm. that for instance, this last week, my son wasn't really making sentences. He would say a few words, but now he's combining three words together and we can understand him and he's like having a conversation with us. Oh my God, I can't wait. In the span of like a, ch- a change of like less than a week, this is happening. That's so and awesome. so it's really just so interesting. And, you know, just, just things that are so mundane and boring to us. Mm-hmm. Like it rained yesterday here and we went on a walk today and there was an earthworm wiggling on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and it was the most interesting thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, you know, and I normally would just kind of like, whatever, just walk by it. And he, he squatted down and was looking at it and was so excited and was pointing at it to, and talking to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I guess this is kind of cool. That's so, cute. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of uh, reawakening your inner child or your sense of wonder. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, this has been so awesome. So exciting. I've learned a lot from you just about, you know, your perspective, your journey, um, you know, being able to accomplish your goals and having that plan in place, I think is so important for just so many people. Um, and then also just how, you know, you found something that, um, you know, you're, you're passionate about as well and made it a business, but you know, you found your new dream on being able to be home with your son. So thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for inspiring other people and giving other people hope, right? That 
um, you know, potentially they could have that same journey too. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in learning more about you. Um, you know, how, how can people uh, find you and contact you if um, they want to do some more research? Yeah, so the easiest way to find me is on my blog, uh, Uh That's where I'm easiest to contact. I also have a, a Facebook page, um, which is Mommysaurus blog. Um, they can contact me then too. Okay, perfect. So we'll, we'll share that information in the description. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun. It was so great getting to know you and, and hearing your story. favorite thing about Stephanie's journey is she made major life changes and evolved into a stronger woman with every step of her journey. Though she had a passion for animals and her career, she was still easily able to make a change and live an even more fulfilled life by starting her own business, Mommy Saurus. It is so easy to feel stuck and held back, but she took control of her journey. She's able to spend the time she wants with her family. She chooses how she wants to raise them and is building an amazing business at her pace. Thank you, Stephanie, for sharing your story. So many of us new mamas need to hear how you were able to create your own story by taking the actions that you did.